0: This is the Fire Dog Podcast. The views and opinions presented on today's episode are those of the speaker and do not necessarily represent the views of
1: the Department of Defense or the United States Air
0: Force. Hello and welcome. I'm Ben Perry here with Matt Wilson. This is episode 17 of the Fire Dog Podcast.
2: Physical, mental, and spiritual fitness are essential to the well-being of firefighters. We're often thrusted into unpredictable, stressful, and physically demanding circumstances. If we don't prepare for these situations, we put ourselves, our teammates, and our community at risk. Each year, thousands of firefighters are injured, and some die in the line of duty. According to the National Fire Protection Association in 2019, 44% of firefighter fatalities were caused by overexertion, stress, or medical reasons. We owe it to our families, our teams, and our communities to be physically, mentally, and spiritually ready to answer the call.
0: Our guest today has a wide array of experience as a firefighter and with fitness programming. In 2017 and 2018, he was a member of the relay team's crowned world champions in the Firefighter Combat Challenge. He is also the executive director and founder of The First 20, a nonprofit focused on programming and research around the mental, physical, and spiritual wellness of first responders around the country. Please welcome Mr. Dave Wurzel.
2: All right, Dave, great to have you on. Thanks for joining us. Get into our first talking point with you. So tell us who you are. Tell us about your experience as a firefighter. Tell us about your experience as a physical fitness trainer.
1: My name is David Wurzel, um, and I'm the founder and executive director of The First 20. And sticking with that for a second, I founded The First 20 in 2008 to deal with basically the unmet like, health needs of firefighters, neck up and neck down, what, what's, what's going on in that area. Uh, I had been a firefighter for over two decades. I retired in, geez, like three years ago. So I retired a couple of years ago at like fifty, and during my career as a firefighter, work, you know started out in the wildland uh, out west, out on a mountain right outside of Vegas, Mount Charleston. And I think Matt, we were talking about your father was a uh, working in the Air Force
2: over there at Nellis, right? That's right. Yeah, that's where I'm from, Vegas. No, there you go. Yeah, very familiar with Mount Charleston.
1: So you guys started a lot of fires for us, um, but you know for the some of the, some of your training exercises. Thank you for that, keeping me busy. But, uh, you know, over the course of my career, I worked federal, state, uh, structure, while in volunteer, and I finished up as a volunteer firefighter right here on the western edge of Philadelphia. I live in the town of Narberth, Pennsylvania, and it's a borough, for those of you who are unfamiliar with Commonwealth States, it's a, the it's a smallest form of government. We're like this little self-contained little form of government here. So if you go less than a mile to, to uh, do... Uh, do west we border the city of philadelphia so we keep busy we keep busy but really about uh 2008 i went online uh i was in my early 40s i was looking for a way to get in shape as a better firefighter i was looking for ways to get in shape as a firefighter and um it was funny because i could no longer like look at a picture of myself when i was you know i started my fire career When I was uh, 25 with, uh, you know, NDF, Nevada Division of Forestry, and I was still that guy. And I went online um, looking for ways to get in better shape. And it was one of those, I don't know where my head was, but I started uncovering all these problems that firefighters dealt with. I type in firefighter health or firefighter wellness, all these sites start popping up. So it was, I remember the night, it was literally one of those nights where I felt like I I had like 10,000 windows open on my laptop when I started seeing sites that offered ways for firefighters to get in better shape, which were, if you play badminton, you'll lose this much weight. And I was like, you know, look, man, two decades in, I don't know any firefighter that plays badminton as a way to lose weight. And if that's what we're putting out there, there's a problem. So when I joined the fire service in 95 uh, I looked at it like I was this wayward human being. And I kind of found myself in the fire service and I found a community and uh, I always wanted to be respectful of that. And, you know, I'm a big believer that, you know, we owe a debt. Like this is not a free, America is not a free ride. Democracy is an audience participation number. So do your best to put a shoulder into it. And it, you know, I'm always saying, close your laptop, open your door, walk outside, put a shoulder into it. So I was like, all right, you know what? I don't know what's going on, but let me see what I can do to solve this idea of firefighter health. And two decades later, or a decade later, you know, multiple clinical trials. We work with um, U.S. Forest Service. We work with the Air Force. We work with the city of Baltimore, city of Philadelphia, Detroit. It gives me a really good idea of, like, what's going on. And we've been able to really move the needle on firefighter health and getting some folks, getting some folks healthy. So maybe that's the long
2: form answer. Dave, I'm wondering what the, what, what was the basis of it when you started out? I know you said you were trying to research and and what you, you wanted to be healthy and you wanted to be a healthier firefighter. And so you kind of, and you looked on the internet, you couldn't find much. Did you, did you base launching this organization off of uh, what you saw or maybe some studies you read
1: That's a great question. So I think, for me, everything we do, the the, the original push was, again, fire service gave me everything, I don't want to give anecdotal answers. And I found there's a lot of anecdotal Well, I think that's right. And I think that's what's going on. But so everything we did had to be based in solid science. Uh, I didn't know. So I surrounded myself with folks who did know, and folks who had experience in the tactical arena. we had a board that made up of career firefighters, federal firefighters, volunteer firefighters. It couldn't just work for one population. It had to work for everybody. So we it was the lowest common denominator approach. And originally we were coming at it from a workout. Well, hey, just give folks a workout. Let's, you know, this seems to be the problem if the biggest killer of firefighters is heart attacks. Let's hop in that door. And I think as we progressed through the years, uh it was a journey on like what really influences our health and what's the driver of it. So the program incorporated more nutrition ideas. And then we kind of arced into more of a neck up program, like the software influences the hardware. And as you got into the solid science, it really was um, looking at it from a perspective of the, maybe half of all line of duty deaths was heart attack. Uh, and again, not stepping over. that's a big number. so we needed we needed to solve that. but um a fire department's three times more likely to see a suicide than they are line of duty death. That's troubling. So when you see when you start to like kind of peel back the layers and see that neck up issues are probably way bigger than neck down issues, I think that's. And 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 it's a bigger influencer, like, you know, PTSD rates four or five times national average. And when you start digging into the suicides, you're like, well, this is troubling. So there's more neck up issues. So it was a progression, Matt, from fitness, nutrition, neck up. And then we're like, hey, this has got to kind of serve all of those.
0: And that ties in with your name, too, right? As well, the first 20 has a, has a pretty specific meaning that actually ties into the... The background of the organization, right?
1: Yeah, that's it. So the name of the first 20 comes from where we're at on dispatch. We get um, we get the twenty minute mark. So a long time ago, I remember my chief saying, "You know, the, how you handle the first hour of a job will let you know if you're going to be there for two hours or, or ten hours." So it's this hyper dynamic window. Can't see Phys- intense mental load, intense physical load, intense heat load, and. Originally, the idea was how do we help create a program that serves for that first 20 minutes of a fire? So hence the name of the first 20.
2: Dave, I want to go back a little bit to suicide. So more people in in the fire service um, die as as a result of suicide versus any other reason. Do you think that that is a job related thing or is it cultural? Because hasn't there been an uptick of suicides just in the world or in the United States specifically? Um, over the past decade or so?
1: I think it's a great question. Because uh, uh, most people look at it one way or another, and I'm like, it's D all the above. I mean, the wellspring we pull firefighters from, it's, it's the general population. So you got to kind of take a bigger view. You got to kind of look up from a mile high, like what's going on with the general population. And in the last four years, for example, uh, it was uh, depression rates or mental health rates clicked up. like It, it was negligible. But when you extrapolate that over the population, it was a point like 0.3 or whatever it was, or 0.3. Um, that's equals like four million people. So that's the city of Los Angeles. Like basically, we added the city of Los Angeles onto mental health issues. So um, now you look at the job, and it's just a grand exacerbator. Um, and I would say maybe even a third layer in is a when you say cultural. Uh, when you look at you know, I would say the demographic for the fire service, it's more of a, from a political, from a um, socioeconomic perspective, or like a middle class, maybe middle lower class um, vocation. And when you look at that demographic of the population, I mean, there's a, whew, uh, mental health issues are, are, are run rampant. And uh, so there's a lot of other reasons, a lot of un- underlying factors, I think, for that. But, you know, we can go down that rabbit hole if you want a well, little later on. Yeah
2: yeah we could almost have a, an entire episode talking about mental health and 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 it could be that maybe there's an uptick because uh we know about it more than we used to know about it and it's being right. diagnosed on a more frequent right. basis. I mean back in World War one they called it battle fatigue and same with world war two it was just uh it was just a consequence of going to battle and and I'm talking specifically with with battle and war obviously but uh it it was just it was like normal you know and hey, get over it, be tough and tough through it when now. Uh, people are, the, the culture is in a place where, you know, it's, it's okay to raise your hand and say, I have a problem. And so could be an uptick because people are more comfortable raising their hand and doctors are more comfortable saying, Hey, this person does have a problem. But again, we could talk about this in length. Probably, uh, if we could, we get into some of your programs, unless you got a point. Sure. There.
1: No, I think, I think, you know, I think it's, I think it is the only thing I would look, the, only thing, the point I do want to make on that is, you know, especially when you look in the military, the makeup is a younger audience. When I was 25 years old, I had no idea what was going on. And, you know, I was, I was, I had a great mechanism for shutting out areas and focusing in the sense of, um, I would say more of like ignoring. So I think by the time that catches up to you, it has a whipsaw effect as you get older and there's things you saw. And as you get older, like, wait a minute, what just happened there? Um, so, so I will pass on, but I think there's an age definitely plays a role in like, well, in that factor, especially from a military setting.
2: Yeah, most certainly. So yeah, some of your programs that the first 20 offers, uh, are they physical fitness focused or is it more to them? I know we just talked pretty extensively on mental health. Is that included? You, you were talking about neck up. Uh, how does, how is that incorporated into the programs along with physical fitness?
1: Well, the, we have like generational programming in in the sense that we're probably on version 6.0 of the program. So we lay a lot of the legacy content in there because it's really solid and like and as I was saying, it went through it went through two clinical trials. So the, the one program specifically, our tactical high performance program. Um the we created a series of workouts that's, a, that's specifically there's a periodization in it. So there's a start here, go for six months. And again, a six month workout, like you can get, you can really hop in anywhere you want, but it's definitely, we give you the workouts to do that. So we look at, um, the, the, the tagline for the first twenty is where, where it begins. And I would say, we want to give people a really fundamental approach. Don't give you 20 things to do. Give me like three, you know, I think three feels balanced. One is better three, but in the, in the fitness thing, we looked at like five core movements, push, pull, hinge, squat, step, rotate. Lunge, maybe there's more. Um, I think there's eight core movements actually, but let's train to those core movements. Your body doesn't know muscle, your body knows movements. I still come from that old paradigm like today's a chest day or leg day, you know. So just blessing that. There's just your body just keep it moving. And I think all the science trends that way. So we have workouts um that just really look at the core movement structures. And then we also want to look at where do you sit on your ability to kind of you know, I love the idea of beginning, intermediate, and advanced. It's kind of you know horse horse crap. Uh yeah. I might be advanced upper body, but beginner lower body, or vice versa. So um we created some metrics along the way to kind of figure out where you're at. Do I want to ramp this up or move this back? So we have a, a series of workouts that we created again under the tactical high performance program. The workouts themselves, we call them crash fire fitness. We love a cool name. Uh, And then, yeah, and then we had some workouts in there. One was called Smoke Eater. Uh, The other was called um, Forcible Entry. Uh, The others we have, um, I I even forget, like Overhaul. Yeah, that's Uh, good marketing. Yeah. So So,
2: like the Smoke Eater, is it focused on wildland firefighters, forcible entry? Is it focused on that particular task or movement, or is it focused on the structural firefighter?
1: No, that was more aimed for the structural firefighter. We yeah. we delved into the wildland, end and it's it's a different job demands. There's different uh if structure is more lactic. If you look at an energy system, like you have three different kinds of modes in your body, and uh you know, lactic, alactic, oxidative. So what am I gonna do for a three second burst, 10 second burst? I'm smashing a door, uh, you know, I'm popping a hood. Um, then I'm, then what's a little longer, maybe I'm advancing hose line. There's, there's a different need. So, uh, on the wall side, you know, when I was working in the wall side, I was going on a 21 day roll. (laughs) So I'm cutting fire line for, for, for three weeks. That's a, that's a different beast versus I'm in a 20 minute window of high energy, uh, high ops tempo and uh so we so we're going to train differently. Phys- is the physical demands are different now I need my oxidatus and my cardiovascular systems to be developed because that actually um improves the performance of the lactic and alactic systems and that's I think that's one of the things that stepped over in structure oh I'm, I'm not running ten miles why would I want to do that? you know I don't do that at a job why would I do that uh why would I train that way? I'm like, well, it all works together so um the short form answers; those workouts specifically were designed more from a structural perspective. But again, we're we're training movement patterns. We're going to try and increase cardiovascular health, so it does work across all domains.
2: In in regards to the difficulty, you talked about you didn't like the you didn't like the idea of you know easy, moderate, difficult. Are there varying levels of difficulty with each one of these programs? Say, if I'm starting out, let me go toward this program gets a little easier if if i'm if i'm good with physical fitness i want a little bit more of a challenge are, are there varying levels of difficulty with each one of these
1: there are but i it's not that i do not like the level of um difficulty what i didn't like was beginner intermediate and advanced i always think those names are just loaded gotcha so for example, we got rid of the word wellness, and we everything became high performance.
2: It's a performance program, not a wellness program. That's so, great because I said wellness probably I don't know three times in your intro. I'm pretty sure I don't know. That's okay. I mean, no, in, made, in our promo video, I said wellness a bunch. That's all right.
1: No, <laughs> but what happens is like anybody says wellness, it's that everybody arms get crossed in the room, everybody leans really far back in the chair. Nobody cares about wellness. But if I say, "Hey, buddy," or "Hey, sis," I'm going to make you into a high high performing a high performing athlete. It was like, oh yeah, I want to be a tactical high performer. What's that about? It's wellness. So, cycling back instead of naming beginner, intermediate, and advanced, let's just give them names that are cooler, that are more uh, that work within the culture of the fire service, and let's and we let them know that this one's more difficult. This one tends to be a little easier, but no beginner, intermediate, and advanced. Let's get rid of those those naming structures right away.
0: You mentioned, you know, we've talked that there's the physical, mental and nutrition all, all, kind of wrapped in together. Are they kind of legitimately intertwined or like Monday you're doing physical Tuesday, you're doing mental, um, kind of more separate, but together versus a, you know, do three squats and reflect on today's stressors. I, right. I, I mean, uh, kind of, would you break break out exactly how you are attacking it in a multidisciplinary way?
1: Yeah, that's again, that's a good, really good question uh so i'll kind of give you the the evolution of it really really briefly but it's really i when i listen to music here's the best analogy i can give you when i listen to music there's the percussion session there's could be the back background singers somebody's on lead guitar somebody's on acoustic um the lead vocalist but the song happens at the same time so you're going to eat i guarantee whatever's going to happen in your day you're going to shove something in your pie hole at least three times a day. I, right? Lower hanging fruit, getting where you fit in. So you're going to eat. I don't know if you're going to move. You're definitely going to eat. You might sit at your desk now, you know, for like, how did I sit here at my desk for 10 hours? How did that happen? Well, it's easily, you know, especially if you're not busy or, you, you you know, I looked at the trucks, check, packs from the right place, check, check, check. And if there's not a lot of calls, I'm sitting at my desk. So anyway what I'm saying is uh, we're going to get everything's going to happen all the time. So I need to, I need to check in where I'm at, what I'm putting in my pie hole. I need to make movement a habit. I need to check into what's going on between my ears and where I'm putting my attention. So uh, a lot of the, pro- how we break out the program, especially earlier on was more of a focus on, you don't even have to think about anything, we'll give it to you. So here's what you want to think about this week from a nutrition perspective, we break it down. Keep it simple where it begins. What are the three things I need to think about from a nutrition perspective? So we approach nutrition from uh, hydration, eating more fruits and vegetables, eating less processed foods, simple. I don't care if you're ketogenic, you paleo, primal, Mediterranean, like, Man, there's so many directions now for nutrition and so many people telling you where to go. That's kind of problematic. Uh, And again, I want to we want to keep you moving, make movement a habit. So, hey, if I get up every half hour, I just do a couple stretches, keep it flowing. I'm good. Um, And then we got to think about exercise in different different. um, Some folks can work out on the job. Some folks can't. Uh, some folks are departments that are ripping and running. And we got to be cognizant of call volumes. Again, we have to make a program that works for everybody. And somebody kind of, okay, I got this. Now let me move up. Okay, I got this. I'll move up. So we always think of like good, better, best. Hey, it's best if you think about all these things and do these things, but that's never gonna happen. So we're gonna allow you to dial it down. So if I can only do one nutrition thing, here's your one nutrition thing. If I can only work out three times a week. Yeah, here's the here's that, and if I could, you know, so again, if I can't really get into too much mental health stuff. Hey, just breathe. We're going to teach you some breathing habits that'll help you. That's a, you that's get, a
2: great great segue into, into the next talking point. But I do want to hit something. It, it sounds to me like these be, these go beyond being just programs. You're trying to create habits. Uh, I, I've been told before diets don't work. It's it's the habit of eating right over a period of time, um, and, and the same thing sounds like it applies. Like hey make make a step toward the right direction physically mentally and nutritionally that's what it's what it sounds like to me
1: yeah that's it getting where you fit in it's big you know that's my number one thing is i I have a guy on our board the joke is he's lost over a thousand pounds since i've known him because he'll always go on a diet and this guy used to be he was an offensive lineman so he's a big dude i'm on a fruit diet he loses 100 pounds and gains back 120 he's on you know. Name the diet. He'll always go. On, just hey, I just want to kick start
2: it, but nothing
1: sustainable.
2: Nothing sustainable. Yeah, it lasts so, two, three, four weeks, maybe, and he's back to square one. And you're starting to program over a month later, right? And
1: everybody in the my old fire station, we got we all got Fitbits, and they all became just bracelets. <laughs> it just became someone's watch. Eventually, they're not sticking with it. So it's yeah. So again, what what can we make habitual? And the idea is um, I was watching this really cool. Somebody hit me to some site. You can watch some satellites launch into space. And where I sit in Philadelphia, if I walk outside a certain time of the night, I can see them launch out of Virginia. And um, I was watching something and and it it left the atmosphere and they course corrected. And and the guy, there's some some writing and said um, they were like 0.0001% off course. But if you extrapolate that out, to like Mars, they miss Mars. So I was like, wait a minute. How about we put you 0.0001% on course with the smallest changes that if you can make habits, they'll have profound changes. Example, I've read multiple studies that have somebody got rid of two slices of bread. Everything else in our life was the same. At the end of the year, they lost 20 pounds. So that's big. The problem is we don't believe that that's true. Oh, yeah. If I just lose two slices of bread, I'm like, that's, that's, well, stuff it's, works. it's hard to
2: see the results, right? Like, it, we're, we're motivated by kind of instantaneous gratification. Like, if I don't see results in a week, man, why am I doing this? You know, right. why am I going to wait a year to see results when I could stop eating for a week and then see a bunch of results? But then you're back to square one a month later.
1: Well, I think that comes back to, no, it's a great, as Americans, I think we're just awful. At like, if it's not going to benefit me in the next 15 minutes, I'm off, I'm off that train. And that's really problematic. So we kind of kind of shift our thinking. So a big thing we get to is what's your why, and that's part of the neck program. What's your fundamental set point? Why are you doing any of this? So in the in the fire service, if you're if you're a decent firefighter, I don't know if these folks are in it. Men or women are in it for themselves, uh, and if you're in it to make money, hey, I think you're in the wrong vocation. I hate to tell you, but you know, not that you can't make a good living. But we're here for each other. And all these great teams you're on. So when we start working in there, we say, hey, if you can work out for the next firefighter down, I'm going to get in better shape for him or her. There's your motivation. Uh, let's think about that before we do anything. So now maybe I can make the goals a little longer term. Uh, let's carrot stick. Oh, if I lose 15 pounds, I get a couple bucks. All right. that That kind of works and it kind of doesn't. Again, we want to make a habit. Maybe the habit is my my significant others, the, the people I run with. We start expanding those those um, communities. Looking at that
2: question, I had earlier for you um, in, in regards to uh, the fitness training. Go back a little bit. You talked mm-hmm. about how you know that uh, the program. Sometimes you're at a fire station. Sometimes you're at home. Uh, sometimes equipment. Requirements are different. So, are the programs designed in a way that require uh, certain types of equipment, or could I go into my living room and, and do one of the programs? I mean, what kind of equipment requirements? Well, that's the, that's the thing.
1: So, we want to make sure that was one of the biggest things in the clinical trial was access to. When we looked at different studies, who was access to equipment and where is that access? When is that access? You know, I get off a shift, man. I don't feel like dragging my butt to a gym. I'm like, that's not going to happen. So we got to look at something that can happen on shift at the station, around the station in the house with somebody has no equipment. So uh in on our Crash Fire Fitness series, especially, we made it so if you don't have access to anything, but maybe at the station, you can grab some equipment. Like we could work out there. One of the one of the pieces of equipment that I'm highly enamored with is a TRX. And uh, anybody don't know, that's suspension training. So all the, all the handles on your truck are rated to like 480 pounds for the larger, more full, more full-figured firefighters. (laughs) Um, I don't know how they rated them so high, but uh, so trust me, you can wrap around those handles. And when we, we originally had it uh, in the one clinical trial, everybody works out around the station, or excuse me, on a truck. So I know each truck's going to have four handles. NFPA says that's got to happen. Um, they're all rated a certain way. So we made, we basically made like four to six stations and then we could just kind of rotate around and we made them quick. So if you only had 20 minutes to work out, here's a, here's one you get ripping. If you work out for 40 minutes, here's a more expansive one, but it's all no equipment, but I'm not a proponent at the same time of like lifting a generator over your head. I watching some folks like, Hey, let's be smart. And I know that's really, it was like, yeah, hey, you're talking to the firefighters now. I know, I'm like, I know, but let's be smart about like what we want to do and what kind of instruments we want to lift over our heads. But, hey, I'm going to step up and back up and, on the bumper or steps or I'll do push ups here. I mean, there's so many things you could do with no equipment or no, um, uh, no TRX. Like maybe I just wear an air pack. So now I just loaded a movement with an extra 20
2: pounds. There you go. Sounds like it's uh it's pretty easy to to do some of these these programs these workouts with, with with minimal equipment. You want to take out the excuse factor out of it. I yeah. want to give it like
1: uh oh, can't uh uh you can make it easier, not easy. It's right. like Albert Einstein used to say. So you can work it anywhere. You could do this at home. You could do this. Um, uh, like my family is amazed. I do bear crawls around the house, or uh, I have a jump
2: rope. Yeah, you could get you outside could do, you could do burpees yeah. and, and have a complete workout we hate the we hate to be word we at the them. house love them <laughs> if we could yeah I'd like to scratch the surface of the science that you keep mentioning uh, i understand that the first 20 uh, has been part of clinical trials with fema and the national institutes of health or nih can you tell us what those studies were about and what the results were
1: sure so the results were um so we wanted to take fire departments coast to coast. And what we looked at was end up going to volunteer fire departments because the mandate again is it has to work for everybody Like we, I don't care if you're a volunteer firefighter, the, if the job is still the same. I think in the seventies, the idea was like, well, volunteer service is quality versus quantity or, or quantity versus quality. We'll just throw enough firefighters at it. We'll put it out and we'll be okay. Um, uh, but, you know, where, we, where I live in Philadelphia, outside Philly, the volunteer fire departments go through extensive training. So, you know, but you get in different parts of the country and there's different parameters around that. But my point is, I know if something could work for that cohort, then we can, it would definitely work within the career fireside as well. And we want to get a good spread of firefighters. So, again, we're talking about firefighters across the country. What works in Philadelphia, fitness equipment, what's my access to nutrition? Well, you know you know, some people when you access well you go into certain parts of baltimore they can't, they don't have access to the proper food there's no whole foods or trader joe's or oh i can just go get all the healthy food and and from a pricing perspective a salad was costing like six bucks or eight bucks but the chicken nuggets were costing three like what would you do so you know you have to be cognizant of all these ideas so anyway spinning it back we had a cohort, it was over a thousand firefighters. I think it was like 1,200. And the bigger part for me, and I think was the transformative part was, so remember that they approached the chief to select into the department, but the firefighters were just given the program. And it was a self-directed programming, meaning that there wasn't, it was mostly mobile. We had a mobile intervention. So if you, it was meant to get less direction Let's fake, no, really no face to face. But if I just open up an app that works on my laptop and on a phone and my mobile device, and uh, and we unpack that information, are we going to be able to make a change in their BMI, like, um, you know, height, excuse me, their weight, their heart rate, um, their uh, blood pressure? How are we going to do? So we had scientists come in and measure those folks and came in the intro, outro, and we did. We did. So the results, I think, are just getting published now. Um, I don't know what's, what's going on, but we have the results. So uh, that was the FEMA one, that was coast to coast. The NIH one was a cohort of firefighters out in Long Island. And it was a, we were working with uh, through an occupational health doctor. So basically, they saw that doctor. He then gave them our program, and we looked at, he circled some of the initiatives. Well, you should do more of nutrition or you should do more of the fitness stuff. So it was more of what would happen if it came from that side in because ultimately, I think you need to get a health screen. You need to be, uh, you should be seeing a doctor in one way, shape or form. So that was the, we don't have the results back from that. It takes a while, I guess, to get the results in. But so th- that's that's where we took those two programs. I think the most transformative spot for me was I went to health coach.
2: So it, it sounds even like though the results were positive with those. Yeah, absolutely. We we did a great job. Yeah, I really w- without actually looking at the definitive results. You said there there was a drop in BMI. And what about were there interviews? or, You know, out. Um, yeah, interviews with the firefighters after. Like, yeah, I like this. I'm going to continue with it. Or is there is there any indication now that they're they're still doing it and that there's still progress? <laughs>
1: That's great. So the answer is going outward. They all said, Yeah, you know, hey, yeah, this is great. We're going to stick with it. Now, there's no, it would be great to have done a follow up study to see where these folks are going to be at, but it's a funding thing. I'm not part of that. Uh, When you do a clinical trial, it's not, everybody has self reported data. What we wanted was data from scientists who came in and studied this and said, Yep, their approach works. And we got that. Unfortunately, we weren't studying any of these firefighters going forward. So I don't have longitudinal data. But the one thing that turned it for me and leading to the next program was, was the, um, uh, health coaching I did. So I got training, um, and I got really some formalized training What's called a motivational interviewing. And that's a, it's a, it's a health coaching technique that somebody who knows the how, what, when, or why our, your job is just to help them and be reflective to unpack that, help them unpack that. But it wasn't part of the study. So the data from that isn't included in our results. The only mandate was I had to give the same measurable dose to every firefighter. And this is where it totally flipped the script for me. So the idea was hey, Ben, or hey, Matt, uh, what changes do you want to make in your nutrition, uh, your fitness, or your stress reduction in the next two weeks? And I was setting the goal, and then I would come back. So I was going to do two health coaching sessions with each firefighter. Okay. It turned into multiple because I couldn't give this. I had whatever you to one. I had to offer to all. And what ended up happening was it led me down a path. Cause I wanted to see what was going on in the trenches. And what I saw was wherever we started, it ultimately led with, I'm stressed out of my tree. My, I had problems with my significant other, my, my, my boyfriend, my girlfriend, my, my mom, my sister, uh, I suck. Uh, there's people were experiencing crazy amounts of stress, one. And two, there was a resilience problem. Uh, yeah, I was dining for uh, or I was working out for a week or two weeks. And then I missed a day that turned into three days and, I, and that's it. I'm done. Or I was doing great. And then on a Friday, I housed them a gallon of ice cream and they they cavitated. Or I was working on my anger issue and I lost my temper. I suck. I can't, I they couldn't get past failure. So that was really telling to me and really what led to the next program was first of all, folks are suffering, man. And when you start peeling back the layers of what's going on, uh, Like it makes me sad because you you meet so many firefighters on Facebook and everybody's like, Hey, I'm great. I'm super tough. But once they see that you understand them, it's kind of like it could look both ways.
0: So if you could boil down all of your experience practice as a firefighter, um, your experience running the first 20 and all of the studies, research and training that you've been through in order to put yourself down this road, if you could boil that down into kind of three bullet point statements for our listeners um you know advice you could give them uh towards being a healthier firefighter today what would the what would those be
1: Wow three well one is you can't escape you can't escape bad leadership <laughs> we live in a top down area so um for all your leaders out there make sure you're you you know double down on that um but from an individual perspective, I guess I would say uh um What's your why? If you could start with number one, if you could start with uh, tapping in to your purpose, I think that's always a great place to start. Like, why do you want to do any of this? It's like a, you know, you got to have a purchase point, you know, if we're doing any vehicle rescues, you got to have a purchase point. Without a purchase point, there's nothing to grab onto. To start with your why. The second thing is make movement a habit. Any movement works. Uh, So the and the third thing is um you know, really for where i'm at is you're you're 97% water so keep drinking drink drink some more hydrate 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 especially on the structure side uh prehydration's everything uh it there's fluid in our our bodies where electrical synapses like water flows better when there's better hydrate electricity flows better when there's better hyd- um you know uh more liquid i guess you could say so Eat, move, and um, and maybe if I go for the neck up stuff, the, the fourth thing, and there's breathe. What do you mean? Well, there's, a, there's multiple breathing patterns I've seen out there, deep breathing, that lead to um, significant, that helps significantly for you to reduce your stress. So those would be it. I mean, it's pretty basic. So if you could do maybe those couple of things, I think you're good to go.
2: So Dave, if, if a Air Force firefighter wants to find your fitness programs or your programs, how how could they do that?
1: Uh they can go right online. Uh, w do I even say WWW anymore? Does anybody I don't even think say that's that? A thing. That's it's the thing. I'm I'm old. Sorry guys, I'm old. Uh it's just the first 20, all three words, the first twenty And um so what we're gonna be doing is we're gonna be opening up the uh we're gonna call up the first twenty academy. And we're going to include all of our legacy content in there and uh, our newer program, which is the Road to Resilience, which is more neck up driven, which is really like getting behind some of those things I was talking about. Getting behind uh, your resilience and your um, your purpose and using that to like kind of how do I use these core drivers of my resilience in my in different domains? Most people don't eat because they're hungry. They eat because they're stressed, you know, so maybe make some awareness. but. Uh, um, so we're gonna have all the programs lined in there and then we're going to be loading in some more as we go down and kind of really use this as a um uh um what's the word looking for as a focal point and uh a hub for all kinds of programming neck up
2: and neck down cool when is that going to launch uh
1: what time is it it is so uh (laughs) we hopefully it's uh we're, we're pretty close we're pretty close and then the idea is just Hop in and out wherever you want. Here's all the programming and it's a for a design for department to give it to without any interface with somebody else. Here's what you need to access to get you healthy. And then you can kind of like, oh, yeah, if you want to bring somebody out, we could do that. But it's just really all the programming will be in like one spot for, um, you know. And make it really inexpensive for a department to kind of get in because we're, as a nonprofit, we care more about you than the health bar. We're not in it to make money, just make sure you guys got the valuable programming out there to get you healthy.
0: And so well, you're, you're registered as a, as a nonprofit 501c3, like?
1: Correct. Yeah. 501c3. And you could look us up. I mean, we, we have glass pockets. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, trust me, I can tell you, I'm really good at running a nonprofit. That's my thing. I'm great at making no money. But um, the, uh, uh, no, but it really is just about, we got into this for all the right reasons and giving folks, you know, the men and women in the fire services deserve the best. Why not give them the best? And here it is. And then now it's up to you to do it. You know, there's some responsibility. We, we, we Going back to what we started the conversation with way back when was, um, we want to remove the excuses. You know, now it's up to you. Now, look, we did our job. We know we gave you validated workouts, nutrition, um, uh, nutrition uh, strategies and tactics, uh, proper neck-up programming to move the needle. The so science tells us this works. Now it's your job as a firefighter to you know own that responsibility you have for the fellow firefighters you're with, to your you know your service to your municipalities uh, and to your communities to step up and kind of take this and kind of get it done.
2: Dave, that's a great place to end it off. Uh, I appreciate you coming on. Are there any final thoughts before we wrap? No, up?
1: no, just the neck up stuff. You know, we'll come in another time. I I think that's all the basics. Um, but maybe another time we'll talk about the idea of spirituality and spiritual resilience because I think that's really the the magic mojo, if you will. So imagine your your health is a so. Imagine our program is a stool you have the fitness side, you have the nutrition side, you have the, the stress reduction side, and the firefighter sits on top of that. What's that stool sit on? Well, it sits on your spiritual health. And where we've kind of gotten to is this idea of the spirit, like, what is that? And that's really where the magic happens. Uh, that's the the pilot light, if you will to keep the whole thing burning. And I believe after digging in there pretty substantially, um, that's where if you can turn that pilot light on, that's going to create all the difference in your life and make sure it doesn't get blown out when things get tough.
2: Awesome. It sounds like we could have you again on on another yeah. episode, really. Probably it's a whole other conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it sounds like a great one to have, but I uh, really appreciate your time, Dave. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having all. me. Really
1: appreciate it. No problem. All right, guys. Best of luck. Thanks again. Fire Dogs, you guys got it going on. Thank you.
0: That's gonna do it for us on this episode of the Fire Dog Podcast. You can find more content just like this regularly posted on our Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the Fire Dog Podcast. That is Facebook.com forward slash the Fire D-A-W-G podcast. This has been Perry and Matt Wilson with our guest Dave Wurzel. Until next time, stay safe.